Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world. From border to border, coast to coast, and to all the ships at sea, I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate, and thank you for tuning in today to the Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut through the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology. I'm really pleased today. I've got a return guest I always like to talk to, and that is Timothy Bennett of the Drumming Group. Timothy is the Director of Strategic Healthcare Initiatives at Drummond, and he leads the development of new testing and certification programs to benefit, really, the national healthcare interoperability strategy. For over 20 years, the Drumming Group has been helping clients achieve interoperability, certification, compliance, and security. Timothy has an extensive background in internet and security standards for the exchange of documents and information. And uh, Timothy, I recently found out you have a degree in nuclear engineering from Georgia Tech. Is that true? I do. I do, yeah. So, um, I guess that's your uh, fallback career, right? Nuclear engineering? <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess I can always go back and do it. Uh, uh, that's, that's, it's been a while since I've uh, <laughs> uh, chartered those waters, so to speak. That's funny. Uh, well, uh, thanks for coming aboard again today, Timothy. Glad to have you. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be back again. Always great to talk to you, Jim. One thing I um, really uh, want to start off with is I know Drummond um, has uh, started a pediatric certification program for EHRs. Uh, what's the basis on that, and uh, has that yeah. launched? What's the status, status for that pediatric certification? Yeah, so we, we're in the middle of our uh, pilot with uh, three vendors right now. Um, the vendors are uh, Office Practicum, PCC, and NextGen. They all are our pilot participants helping us sort of shake down uh, our, this new pediatric certification program. Uh, we're planning on general launch. Uh, of the program at the, you know, at the end of uh, third quarter, we know that we'll be competing against all of the uh, ONC uh, deadlines that are coming up at the end of the year, which I think you and I are going to talk about on this call as well. Um, but this is more of a far-reaching sort of program that that we're that we're launching, uh, you know, as part of Drummond's sort of new strategy on on. Uh, you know, making some specialty EHR practice uh, certifications possible. Pediatrics is our first one. Uh, we've been working on it for, you know, about two years. Basically, when the uh, the Cures Rule NPRM first came out, even before the, the final rule from ONC came out, we, we started, uh, started working on this. The origin or the genesis of it really was, it was back in the Congress's 21st Century Cures Act, where they called attention to the fact that Congress did, called uh, attention to the fact that sort of pediatrics, health IT kind of got left behind in the, you know, CMS Mm -hmm. incentive program, meaningful use, because, you know, pediatrics really wasn't incentivized by Medicare and and in many cases, even Medicaid. So um, there's some lagging in uh, health IT function functionality in the pediatrics, and so Congress kind of called attention to that. Uh, in that act, they uh, told 
you know, ONC to, you know, work on pediatric, you know, certification. And ONC's response to that in the, in the Cures Final Rule was to call attention to it, to mm-hmm. call out, I think, about 10 um, different uh, functional areas uh, for, for pediatrics that EHR should implement and, you know, basically set the stage for that ONC decided that they weren't going to have their own certification program, but they certainly set the stage for that to, to happen in, in, in the industry. And, and, and ONC has also, you know, issued a few information briefs around pediatrics since, since uh, the cures update. But um, that was, that was our reason for, you know, starting to, you know, think about offering this, but we looked at the, the 10 recommendations from ONC and we knew the, uh, HRQ, uh, children's health format report that, you know, mm-hmm. came out years ago. We knew that there was a lot more, you know, specific pediatric functionality that was, that was needed to be in the hands of, you know, pediatric clinicians in order to improve child, child health outcomes. So we set about, you know, basically building a more comprehensive, um, pediatric certification program, um, than what ONC sort of called out. So it includes their recommended 10, but, you know, we went back to the drawing board and, and with a, with a panel of pediatric clinicians, uh, helping us, uh, and some, you know, other, uh, stakeholders, including, uh, HR vendors, you know, as part of that, uh, advisory panel. And so, you know, we spent the better part of a year, year and a half or more sort of, you know, drawing up the, uh, you know, what those, you know, pediatric recommendations and, and requirements would be for, for a pediatric EHR. That ended up all getting compiled into a new HL7 uh, EHR pediatric child health uh, functional profile that uh, we also worked with H- HL7 to get mm-hmm. uh, validated and published. And so, uh, you know, you can look at that on the, on the HL7. Okay. What, or there, so, so our test and cert program is built on top of that. When do, when do you think we're going? I know you're uh, kind of in the early stages of this. When do you think we'll see the first uh, live certifications rolled out? Well, um, so we're certainly hopeful that uh, you know this fall, after we you know launch the program, that our, at least our pilot prog- uh, program participants will be you know going going through that. They're helping us shake down, but they. You know, their intention is to also be the among the first to certify, but we'll be opening it up to, you know, registrations for, you know, any, uh, any EHRs who, who want to get this Drummond uh, certification uh, for this pediatric functional, um, you know, functional requirements. You know, so we're, we're hoping to get some certifications uh, done before the end of this year. Oh, well, okay. Now, yeah. One thing that I didn't wasn't really clear about. So we, as part of the the analysis here of of what you know what is uh, pediatric functional functionality that that that's needed, we we came up with a set of baseline requirements that everyone should meet, and then we also recognize that there's a lot of room for optional, advanced, more robust uh, you know implementation. So. In addition to the baseline, we have these optional badges or achievements, whatever you want to call them, um, uh, advanced achievements, advanced uh, uh, support, uh, mm-hmm. pediatric support that that EHRs can also show that they they 
they support. So it's sort of a two-tier type of certification of baseline. And then, you know, we recognize vendors who kind of go above and beyond and, and, and do some, some extra things. Sure. Um, I'm going to, um, you know, something just popped in my mind. Uh, and so, uh, right, there's uh, been some nudging that EHRs needed to expand into the uh, pediatric practice in, in a more focused way. And as new types of clinical and patient data is collected, uh, moving forward, there's going to ha- have to be new requirements for the ability of the EHRs to uh, do something with that data. And so um, it, it may be years away, but I know the great promise of precision medicine involves genomics uh, and the ability for EHRs to store uh, and do something with genomic data. I don't know if you want to weigh in on that. To me, it seems like something that for the full implementation of that may be close to 10 years away, I'm guessing. you have any thoughts mm-hmm. on that at all? Precision medicine uh, about genomics? That. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that kind of just sort of falls into this sort of category of of sort of specialty practice or specialty EHR functionality. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that, that ONC has sort of, you know, built out of the box since, since they started their program, you know, it's really based on, you know, some general, mostly general practice functions. And that's kind of been a little bit of, of a complaint, you know, from some of the, you know, specialty practices that, you know, like pediatrics, like mental behavior health, which, by the way, I think Drummond is going to work on. That's going to be our next specialty certification program, probably that we'll work on next year. Okay. Um, but there's, you know, I, I, I think as we sort of uh, begin to expand the social determinants of health, genomics, um, you know, clinical trials and, uh, and clinical research, uh, cancer, all of these sort of, you know, specialty programs, or specialty, uh, you know, medicine, there, there's a need for, you know, specialization and, and in, in the, in the kinds of data that they collect support. And we already kind of see that a little bit with, you know, the plans for USCDI, mm-hmm. you know, there's that, there's the notion, I don't know, of the USCDI plus, you know, plan where, where you can expand, uh, you know, or extend the USCDI optionally to include you know you know specialty data and and i and i and i and i think that you know as time goes on it's not just going to be about uscdi version one two three whatever which has sort of the core data in it but you're going to see these add-on bolt-on data sets to uscdi Mm. for for specialty Mm -hmm. right okay and uh and so i know that you know, there, there's a lot of work starting to be done on that. And, and so I think that those will kind of prove to be um, sort of the building blocks of how data is going to be exchanged, you know, in the future between, yeah. um, you know, these, these specialty and, and maybe gen- genomics kind of, you know, play, well, that, makes, that. That, that, that makes sense. That could be kind of a uh, holding place for it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned the Cures Acts. Uh, uh, Cures Act, and so we've got some deadlines coming up later this year. Uh, if you would be so kind to wave uh, whether a red or yellow flag at me and tell me uh, what are the important deadlines between now and, and the end of this year, Timothy. 
Well, you know, this is the this is the year finally when when all EHR certified technology has to be updated to you know to the to the Cure's final rule. You know, the changes that they made uh, into the into the Cure's final rule, with exception of one criteria, which is the uh, the EHI. Uh, what is it the B eleven criteria? I think they have you have one more year for that one. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, but all of the you know being updated, you know having your CCDAs updated to USCDI version one, and um, and uh, you know having your your e prescribing updated to the latest uh, um, NCDP spec, which uh, I think most people already are because of uh, other CMS. Uh, you know requirements in the past deadlines sure. in the past but the big one you know is is having the uh the fire uh apis updated um you know fire apis have been around since the beginning of the 2015 edition and mm -hmm. so ehrs have had to support uh apis but they've been able to roll their own um you know have proprietary versions of apis supported but now they have to move to the to the standardized uh, uh fire r4 uh, as part of their, you know, G10 criteria, which includes supporting Smart on Fire, you know, OAuth 2, uh, Connect ID, and um, and of course, uh, you know, US Core 311, uh, which is uh, US CDI 1 version 1. So, uh, you know, all that clinical data. So, you know, that's the big one. I think, uh, you know, folks uh, are, are are moving towards, you know, this year. And um, uh, since that uh, G10, that FIRE API, is uh, part of the definition of a uh, 2015 Cures Act uh, base EHR, uh, anybody mm -hmm. who wants to maintain that has either got to have a, a third party that supplies that functionality or, or do it themselves. So. It uh, doesn't look like there's going to be any delays along that. I imagine y'all have already started doing quite a bit of testing for that G10. Yeah, there has been some testing, although I will say, you know, your drummer group, you know, um, we, we still felt like there's many, many, many EHRs that haven't, you know, they haven't tested yet. So um, I think it's going to be a busy half, second half of the year as folks start moving towards that deadline. You know, so... Um, you know, here at Drummond, we, you know, we sort of anticipating this. We've we've um, um, we partnered with uh, Aegis, which has a Touchstone Fire uh, developer, you know, testing platform, and we've kind of co-opted it for also doing uh, G10 certification testing. We took all of those test scripts and that platform through a rigorous ONC approval process, and uh, last month, uh, ONC approved Drummond Group's alternative test method. So now we offer our, our customers uh, the ability to either test and certify G10 on, on the Inferno test tool, or, you know, they have the option of coming on to the, uh, to the Touchstone platform uh, to, um, you know, to do their testing and certification as well. And, you know, we feel like that platform has a lot of, you know, value add to, uh, to those uh, EHR and health IT uh, products that are that are going to build their own, like you you, you mentioned before. Sure. Um, so if you're building your own, you know you need a lot of, you know you need some extra help, you know to 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 make sure that you're, um, you know, developing and and implementing. You're going to be able to pass the tests. So 
So we have those two options now for, um, you know, that, that we're offering. I'm sure, sure it's going to be busy next, uh, well, or almost in August for the rest of the year. For our listeners who have just joined us, this is Jim Tate, and you're listening to the Tate Chronicles. My guest today is Timothy Bennett of the Drumming Group. Um, Timothy, I'd like to uh, hear your thoughts um, maybe a little more uh, generally on um, interoperability in terms of uh, other potential rulemaking uh, from ONC and CMS. Uh, uh, you know, the plans on the horizon to really advance interoperability. What do you see out there? Yeah, I think there's a couple of fronts, uh, Jim. I think, you know, there's a big spotlight now on equitable health care, social determinants of health, uh, and how that's going to end up getting incorporated into, you know, future rulemaking. I think that kind of gets back to a little bit about, you know, the data sets and things like that. So I, I certainly will anticipate some rulemaking probably from, from both CMS and ONC around, um, you know, things targeted toward uh, equitable care. CMS has a whole office dedicated to that now. And, uh, and I know ONC is, you know, you know, very involved with that as well. So, you know, uh, I, I think we'll see some, you know, some work coming down the, the, the pike so that, you know, health IT can help support, uh, you know, a more, uh, you know, equitable, you know, healthcare, you know, in the, you know, at, at, at the hands of uh, the providers and the clinicians so that, you know, citizens of all socioeconomic um, can, can, can get, uh, you know, the healthcare and the positive health care outcomes that they need. So I think that's going to be a big focus. Um, the other one is just fire, fire, and more fire. You know, Jim, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, there's all the, these use cases that are just, you know, with the, you know, with the advent of fire now and, and with the, the, the first sort of tier of rulemaking around fire from both CMS and, and, and ONC has been with patient access using fire APIs, presumably with a marketplace of, you know, smart apps and, you know, uh, web apps and things like that uh, so that patients have, you know, access to their clinical data, their um, EOB data, um, and, and, and just, uh, you, uh, you know, being able to, you know, access, uh, do provider directory lookups or, um, you know, the big vision too is to be able to do some, you know, medication shopping, you know, to find mm-hmm. out, sure, you know, which, uh, which, uh, which pharmacy in your area has the best, you know, prices on, on, on meds that you have, you know, uh, prescriptions for. So, you know, so that's been the big focus so far now is just, you know, opening up, uh, data to patients and, and, and encouraging patients to be more involved in their, in their own, uh, you know, health care. But, but I think the next round of, you know, fire use cases are going to be more of the interoperability, you know, state. Uh, I know CMS is looking to move quality measures to, you know, fire-based, you know, mm-hmm. reporting. Uh, there's from both CMS and ONC, there's, uh, there's been, you know, a lot of uh, RFIs and proposed rules around uh, essentially revamping the the prior authorization, you know, processes, you know, between you know providers and payers, um, and then even just how providers and payers communicate, 
with each other, uh, exchange data with each other. So, you know, there's fire use cases for, for all of that, that is in various, uh, you know, states of, uh, uh, maturity or development now, but, but I suspect, you know, here in the next couple of years, we're going to see, you know, that, that next round of, of fire, uh, use cases, uh, that are going to affect both payer systems and, uh, and provider systems, EHRs. They're going to, you're going to see fire being the essential communication protocol, you know, between those two parties. And uh, that's going to that's gonna affect both EHRs and, and payer solutions, both. Timothy, that's one of the things I'm really fascinated to see. Uh, once these fire APIs are uh, up and running, uh, what the traffic's going to look like? Uh, will it gradually increase? Will it be like one of those hockey yeah. stick things? Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see how, how quickly all that uh, takes off. Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, well, good thing. And there's, you know, some big brains that's been working on that. Uh, you know, ONC had a few years back instituted the, what's called the fire, ta uh, the, the, the fast, uh, the fire, it's called fast. It's the <laughs> fire task force. Uh, basically to begin to develop a lot of the sort of, um, infrastructure underpinnings for, you know, doing fire at scale. It's the fire scale task force. That's, that's, that's what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. So how, how are you going to do all these fire transactions at scale? And so that provides directory lookup services, identity services, security, you know, services that, you know, just sort of a lot of the sort of underlying things that everything needs to be built on to, in order to do, you know, millions of transactions, you know, these fire transactions, which will be required when you start getting into, you know, prior authorization and, you know, uh, other payer-payer uh, -payer data exchange, payer-provider uh, data exchange, that sort of thing. You're going to have to have an infra a fire infrastructure that you're going to have to build on to. So that was ONC Task Force that sort of got it off the ground and now it's been recently switched over to an HL7 accelerator. So, uh, you know, that that's what's going to drive, you know, being able to uh, you know the 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 future of being able to do these fire transactions like this. And, and and we just uh, we know the obvious use cases. Uh, there's you know we don't know what we don't know. Uh, once this is uh, becomes active and, and easily uh, available, those third party uh, startups uh, that come into being, you know whether it's for personal health or or, or what? What? It, it's it's hard to imagine. Once the foundation is there, people start thinking, "Well, maybe I I, I can use this fire API for this for patient benefits." We just don't know. It's going to be fascinating mm -hmm. to watch that. Watch it is going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the marketplace is really going to uh, blow up around fire. Over yeah, the next few years. You know, and that's uh, one thing that uh, has kind of been a knock on healthcare technology was that uh, we didn't uh, see those, uh, that entrepreneurial uh, spirit uh, for various reasons. Um, and, and now this looks like that's going to open that up, the door to that. Mm -hmm. um, Timothy, before we totally run out of time here, um, how can our listeners uh, find out more about the drumming group? How can they reach out for more information and see what you're doing and and connect with folks at the at the Drummond Group. Yeah, I mean, for just general things, I mean, info at drummondgroup.com is a good place to, uh, you know, to start your query. Uh, if you're interested in, 
you know, what Drummond is doing to, to help developers with, you know, getting certified to fire uh, APIs and whatnot. Uh, fire, that's F-H-I-R, fire at uh, drummondgroup.com is a good place to start. Or, um, you know, you can just reach out to me directly, timothy at drummondgroup.com. Uh, pretty easy there. So, um, well, great. And then, of course, just our website at drummondgroup.com is a, is a, you, you, you can navigate to all the different services that we offer. Okay, well, and get well, more information. Thank you for that. Um, uh, to our audience, uh, thanks for joining today in this episode of the Take Chronicles. I offer a special salute to my guest today, Timothy Bennett of the Drumming Group. Timothy, thanks for coming aboard today. Yeah, as always, Jim, it's my pleasure. Uh, and it's always great to sit down and have a talk. Time always seems to go so fast. It does, and, and I appreciate your willingness to jump on and kind of keep us up to date. You can find sure. more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. That's healthcarenowradio.com. Until we meet again, here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tape Chronicles transmission ending now.